talk to you about a very important subject. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 15, 9 through, 19 through 23. It is a well-worn subject with preachers. I personally have not preached on it very often through the years. Um, the title of the message is, Men Want What God Wants, Just Not His Way. Generally speaking, men want what God wants, but just not his way. Often Hollywood expresses the heartbeat of the average man. At least they seek to in their movies. They appeal to what is what they can find, at least best they can, common in the heart of men. If they succeed in a movie, they attract a large, large audience where they have resonated uh, in the hearts of the people who went. That watched often the movie, will watch a movie multiple times. Why do people watch a movie multiple times? Well, I think, number one, because it tweaks something in them that hasn't been tweaked before. It appeals to them either by the intrigue, uh, victory scenario, uh, the, uh, under the winning of an underdog. Everybody likes to see an underdog win. Or maybe just emotions, like I call them chick flicks, which I will not watch. <clears throat> chick flicks. Women will watch movies that make them cry and make them wish their husbands were like that. And we're never going to be like that. Because it's myth. It's fiction. It is not so. I told my man, I told my, my, my wife, I said, that's a real bad misnomer. I told my wife who wants to be the man of the house, no. I told my wife, uh, you know, I may not be much of a, into romance, but I'm, I'm a really irreplaceable maintenance man. And I tell you, you can't just find a maintenance man anywhere. I may not whisper sweet nothings in your ear and tell you what you want to hear, but I will fix the leaky faucet. It could appeal just like that, emotions and those changes, or it could have a... Uh, the movie could present a vision, a vision of the future uh, that, that, is, that, that excites people uh, it, down deep in the soul of, of, of many people, maybe not everyone, but many people, is a desire for things to get better, desire for this world to get better, desire for the curse uh, to be lifted. The alienation between them and animals. Uh, people in their heart would love to be able to communicate with the dolphins and communicate with the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. They'd, be, they'd like to communicate, but they can't. They can't. 
Oh, they have horse whispers once in a while come around and this and that and the other thing. But, but generally speaking, there's an alienation between us and the animals, and between the animals and the animals. <clears throat> and this old world's in a desperate dog-eat-dog survival mode with each feeding off the other. And in the heart of man, deeply in the recesses of the chambers of our imagination is this desire that things could get better, that there could be peace one with another, tranquility, happiness, harmony. The problem is, Oftentimes, those very same people who want really ultimately what God wants for us, they just don't want it God's way. They don't want to do it God's way. They want it, but they don't want it God's way. King Saul was the first king of Israel. Israel had what the Bible, what we call a theocracy. That is where God himself ruled his people, the children of Israel, through the priests, he would talk to Aaron and the priesthood, and then they would communicate the law through Moses, as you know, Moses and Aaron, and then they communicate the law to the people, and they would be able to have government through God, really directly to God, through the people, the priests, and the God. And um, they, didn't, they got tired. They didn't want that. I don't want that. We want to be, and listen to this statement, we want to be like the other nations. What? God says, I have made you a nation after my name. I have called you by my name. I have gathered you. I pulled you out of Egypt, two and a half million strong. I gave you bread, called it manna. I gave you quail to eat. I gave you water when there was no water. Caused your clothes not to wear out. Led you into a land that you didn't make, you didn't plant. And let you conquer those seven nations there and, and inhabit their land. And I've been your God and you've been my people. And they said, you know, we don't want that. We want to be like the rest of the nations. You mean like those nations which you threw out of the, the seven nations like he threw out of the promised land, like those nations, each one of those nations had kings. And they said, yeah, we want to be like that. That hurt Samuel's feelings, the prophet of the time. It hurt his feelings. I mean, it flat hurt his feelings. He wept a lot about that. But, but God said to Samuel, go ahead, give them what they want, and tell them that when they get a king, here's what he's going to do. He's going to take your young, best of your young man, he's going to take a big old portion of your money, and he's going to create a federal budget. And he's going to waste money, hand over fist. If it's bought by the federal budget, the hammer will be $500. And, and that's been going on, by the way, a long time, because it's inherent in man. And so they call, got a hold of, of Saul, Saul didn't want to be king. I like Saul. There's a lot about Saul I like. Number one, he didn't want to be king. He wasn't a, a, a power monger. 
He didn't want leadership. He didn't want to be king. He was, he was chosen by God to be king. He hid himself, tried to avoid it, and he was found and brought before Samuel and anointed king, and that's who he was. He was king. He was a tall old boy, tallest, taller than anybody else by, by about a, uh, from shoulder up, about a foot or so taller than everybody else. And we pick up the story of Samuel the prophet which anointed him and Saul the king, which was the first king of Israel. In, cha- in chapter 15 of 1 Samuel and verse 19, let's start reading. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil and is evil in the sight of the Lord? This is Samuel speaking to Saul. Saul was told to do something. He believed he did it. And Samuel is objecting to what he did. And, and Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, and I want you to circle or underline the words, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Generally, I got a comment on this. Generally, this was true. But specifically, it was not true what he just said. And then he gives the classic blame syndrome where he says, but the people. Now, he's the king. He says, the people took to the spoil, the sheep, the oxen, the chief of the things, which now he knows what's right which should have been utterly destroyed, because that was the clear instructions, which we'll read in a minute. To sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. They wanted to worship God. They wanted to sacrifice, but they didn't want to do it God's way. We got it today. We got it with us today, all over the world. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord his great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? as in obeying, and underline that, obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, and boy, I hope you got this part. This is the key. To obey is better than any amount of sacrifice you want to put up there. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken, to listen. And listening has inherent in it doing what you hear to hearken than the fat of rams. In other words, the sacrifice of a ram, or as they were instructed to do in the law of Moses, uh, was wonderful. Sacrifices were obedient in obedience to God's instructions. But those are all wonderful and good. But God would forget all of those if you would obey and just do what he said. For Look at the definition of verse 23 there. For rebellion... What is rebellion? Not obeying. That's what God calls it. He didn't call it a mistake. He says, for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Whoa, doggies, witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Now, you don't have to be too familiar with the Bible and know those are bad things. Okay? I mean, witchcraft, iniquity, and idolatry. 
Woo, those are bad things. Those are really and the major offenses. Those are your major offenses for your school people. And because thou hast rejected, and this is the bottom line to it all, has rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected thee from being king. <clears throat> That's tough. I believe Saul wanted to comply with God's request to annihilate the Amalekites and Agag, the king. I believe he accomplished about 95, maybe 90% of what he was told to do. Uh, you could say for sure that he had accomplished the majority of it. That, that Saul had accomplished the majority. Now today, we'd be like, woo, give him a badge. He accomplished most of what God said. Well, at least he did something for God. At least he wanted to do something for God, and we'd want to put a badge on him and a, a badge of courage because he de at least desired to do something for God. But that's not what the reaction you see God or Samuel have, is it? What was Saul's sin that was so bad that God said, I'm taking the kingdom away from you and giving it to another? Saul simply did things his way. He changed God's instructions a little. 5%, 10%. He added to what God said and kept the cattle back, oh, for something noble, to sacrifice unto God. He took away by not killing Agag when he saw him and when he should have, but keep, keeping him alive. God's reaction to this, as you have read, is severe and in some ways puzzling. If you do not understand the seriousness of the sin that Saul committed. Let me, let me, let me regress for a second and say, it's rarely the big things that destroy the projects. It's really the big things that destroy the marriages. When the shuttle blew up, the first shuttle blew up, I think they had five O-rings on that protecting um, the fuel from the vehicle. There was five O-rings that were to keep the fire from spreading out where it shouldn't go. I was going across North Fort Myers Bridge that morning when the launch happened, and I... When I looked over there, I saw the white contrail right on top of Fort Myers Bridge. I saw the white contrail going up and up, and all of a sudden I saw two contrails, two. Now, I'd seen enough launches to say, the guy was with me. I said, whoa, brother, something bad has really happened. No, nothing, the, the, the radio was quiet. Something bad's happened. Look at them, two contrails. I said, that thing blew up. Now, 99% of that shuttle and everything around it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Everything did what it was supposed to do, how it was supposed to do it, when it was supposed to do it, except for those O-rings just on one side. But because those O-rings failed and the flame was able to divert over against the fuel tank, eventually as that thing began to accelerate, it reached the liquid nitrogen, oxygen, and exploded in a mammoth explosion, killing everybody. Now, it wasn't the big thing that destroyed the shuttle. 
with the one that was coming back through the atmosphere and had a few tile gone on the edge of the wing. A few tile gone on the edge. And most of that shuttle was beautiful. But because there was a few tile gone, maybe one or two, the fire got into the vehicle and it broke up. Again, everybody died. What am I trying to say? If you fail with God, it will not be because you kept 90% of his word. You may have. It will be the 10% that you didn't care about or the 10% that you ignored or the 10% that you didn't think was important. It will not be the 90%, the big things. Usually, it's when a marriage fails, it's not uh, the, the big things of life. You know what I mean? You get up, you go to work, you, 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 you smell relatively good, you bathe, you know, you, 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 you don't canopper when you eat. Oh, I bet you don't know the word canopper. It's a Swedish word for... My mother said, quit talking with your mouth full. How many's mother ever said that? Hey, we ought to get together and have lunch. Uh, the big things are taken care of. You get up, you go to work, you come back, you go to you do all that. You know, you're nice, relatively nice to each other. But oftentimes I've had marriages in, in front of me come in to try to seek some help. And, and I'll say, well, what's the problem? And, and, and listen, this is the gospel. They'll come in and say, man, I just can't stand the way he eats. The way he puts it in his mouth and the way he chews it and the noise he makes when he swallows. First of all, I said, you hear too well. Notice I didn't try to change him. Because, I mean, you could probably know, I mean, you're going to have to shoot him to change him. You, you probably could. But, I mean, or, or I've heard, I, you know, he wears these socks to bed. I can't stand that. Oh, you laugh. It ain't laughing when your wife's leaving you. He wears a t-shirt to bed or he does this. Oh, here's one. He don't shower before he goes to bed. He comes home from work all sweaty and just gets in bed that way. Oh. I'll say, yeah, but he gets up, he showers in the morning, he goes to change his sheets every day. He, you know, he goes to... He goes to work, he, he don't, he's not beating you, he's sweet to you. Yeah, 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 most everything's fine, but I just can't stand it. Basically, they'll sacrifice the whole thing over the small thing. Yeah. It's the bubble on the tire, that little bubble on the tire that comes up on a new tire sometimes on the sidewall. 95% of the tire is great, but that little bubble right there destroys the whole tire. You can't use it, it's not usable. In 1 Samuel 15, 3, God had given through Samuel very, very clear instructions to Saul. Here's what he said. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy A-L-L, all that they have, and spare them not. Now listen. But slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, Ox, sheep, camel, ass. Basically, he said, everything that has breath, kill it. Now, for you people that have never, ever read your Old Testament, and you don't know that there's a God like this, this is the God of the New Testament. 
Are you with me? The God of the Old Testament is God of the New Testament. It's one book. God the Father uh, gave his only begotten son. Now, you may only know the New Testament, and you know about Jesus because he came uh, in love and in tenderness as a sheep before a shear is his dumb, so he opened out his mouth. But the Jesus who's coming back is more like this than the one who first came. Because the one who came, came, he died, he sacrificed, he took your place. The one coming back is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. The Bible says he's going to rule with a rod of iron. Now, you can try to make God in any image you want to make, but you ought to make him in the Bible, whatever the Bible says about him. Amen. So he told them clearly, so what happened to Saul? What was the problem? He did not, boy, I hope you get this. If you don't leave with anything, leave with this. He did not treat the word of God exactly as it was spoken. Let me say it this way. He did not treat the word of God with one of my favorite words, with specificity. I just like the way that comes across. He did not treat the word of God with specificity. And trust me, there is an epidemic in our time as well as in his time of taking the word of God loosely, carelessly. Oh, they may take 80, 90% of it and say, I believe 80% of the Bible is the Word of God, but the 20% is what's going to get you. I laid floor covering for 17 years. And in laying floor covering, I was on my own. I hired usually one other man to work with me, sometimes two, but most of the time one. And while in floor covering, I, hired, I would interview a guy trying to discern. You can't discern whether they can help you or not. Usually I'd say, let's just work with me a week. And at the end of the week, I'll be able to tell you whether it's going to work out or not. And what I was looking for was I was looking for gifts. And if a man doesn't have the gift, there's no amount of training is going to really help him much. Okay. So I was looking for a mechanically gifted person that had what I call mechanical moxie, understanding. And so it was at the end of the first day that I usually could go to the guy and say, you know, you'll make a great accountant. You'll be a tremendous paper pusher, but you'll never be in mechanical work of any kind because you just don't have it. Don't cry. Quit crying. And it's not going to work. I was doing the best favor that anybody had ever done those folks. Don't waste your time trying to be a mechanic because you just don't have the gifts. Man, my music teacher helped me a lot when he looked at me and he said, a plumber, maybe, electrician, perhaps, musician, never. I remember when old 16-year-old Hannah Ludwig, 16 years old, it ought to be a sin. She went to fine arts and played 30 different pieces complicated pieces. I looked at her dad and he looked at me and we were looking at each other going, what have we got a hold of with her? She's got the gift. Got the gift, man. Of course, you got to practice. People with gifts still have to practice. They have to get down. But she has the gift. Nobody asked me to play. So I'd ask 
What, my biggest complaint, once I had him working for me for a while, here was my biggest complaint was, I would say, go do this a certain way. Brother Gilbert asked, Gilbert here today? You out in the hallway, brother? Stick your, look at me over here through the, through the, brother Gilbert! That's it, brother. I just want to talk to you, eyeball to eyeball. I, don't draw on me now. Uh, the biggest problem I have with people working with me, brother Gilbert, they wouldn't do exactly what I told them to do. I mean, I said, do this this way. And I, I had been doing it long enough to know exactly the way I wanted it. It had to be done an exact way. They would invent their own way of doing it and kind of say, well, my way is better than yours. Well, how long have you been doing this? Maybe no time. It's amazing the egotism of people. Man, they just, I was looking for a guy that when I said, do it this way, do it this way. And do it that way, do it that way. Thank you, brother. You can go back out Appreciate you being sweet like that and coming in here. The exactness. You know who God's looking for? Man, if, if I'm looking for a guy to work with me in floor covering that I got to have to do a good job, don't you think God's looking for some people that'll take his word the way he says it? Don't you think he's looking for some people that'll take the word in its exactness, its, in its specificity? I'll give you another example. Thank you for asking. Home Depot. Home Depot. I went to Lowe's to buy some cedar. Two by four by eight cedar, rough hewn. And so I went to Lowe's. They didn't have it. And they said, but Home Depot's probably got it. That's in Bonita. That's about, what, 15 miles from my house. Maybe 20. And so I, call, I told my wife, we better call them because Lowe's don't have it. Probably Home Depot don't have it. So we called. I said, give me, the, give me somebody in that department. They gave me somebody in the department. They got on the phone. I got them on speakerphone in my truck. I say to the guy, do you have two by four by eight rough-hewn cedar? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We sell a lot of them. We got them. I said, let me wait. Whoa, whoa. Let me say it again. Two by four by eight rough-hewn cedar. He said, we got them, we got them. I said, okay, because you know what? I don't want to drive all the way down to Beach Road there on Home Depot and not have them. He said, we got them. We hung up. I told him, okay, let's go. We jumped on I-75, went down to Beach Road, went over into Home Depot, pulled in, went in there and says, okay, where's the cedar? Oh, we don't have that. I said, I want to talk to the guy who talked to me on the phone. And then I want to talk to the manager of the whole store. Because I've just come down here for 20 miles after I called. And you don't have cedar? And one big old boy comes in and says, no, it's okay, it's okay. He said, I said, well, I know, I know who I talked to. He said, well, who'd you talk to? He said, the guy had a Spanish accent. And a, and a Spanish guy comes up and he says, this to me. I said, it was you that talked to me, right? He said, you asked for pressure treated. My wife said, it was cedar. Thank God for her. I said, we got a language barrier. He said, we got no language barrier. I said, we got a language barrier. He said, we got no language barrier. I said, we got a language barrier. <laughs> I talked to this big guy. I was sitting there. I said, we got a language barrier with this guy. He don't know the difference between cedar and pressure treated. Two big differences in words. He says, sir, we got it. I said, okay. So he got it for me, we went home. But 
the problem was no exactness. When God says cedar, he means cedar. He don't mean pressure treated. Oh, you may laugh at that, but I'm going to tell you what. People read the Bible all the time and say, ah, you know, he says that, but really, you know, this other thing will be fine. No, the other thing won't be fine. God wrote the word under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. He used, he used holy men of God as they spake, as they were moving along by the Holy Ghost. He knew what he was doing. He knew where he wanted to go. He knows the beginning from the end. He's all powerful, all knowledgeable. And he, he, he knows what, he knows language. He invented all language. He knows language. When he put what he put in the Bible, he didn't make a mistake. He has preserved it. If he's big enough to create the world, he's big enough to preserve the word of God. And we have the Bible, the word of God. And you can trust it. And let me tell you, one of the goals of my life since 18 years old was to read these words and by his mercy and his grace, follow what he says. Exactly. Exactly. What makes us fundamentalists? You may ask yourself, we got the word fundamental. Fundamental is taking a hit, no doubt. But the word fundamental means you're exact. You're doing exactly. When you, turn to the, when you go back to the fundamentals of a baseball game or fundamentals of a football game, you're going back to the exactness of the game. Quit the fancy, dancy double reverses, and let's get back to the fundamentals of football. Going back to the exactness of the game. Let's go back to the Bible. Forget about what's popular. Forget about what's, what's the latest, greatest, what, what the latest trend is, what these churches are doing, what this, how big they're growing, or whatever they're doing. How about you take the Bible, and you read it, and you say, God, show me your word. I'll do what you show me to do, 100% by the grace of God. But I tell you what, can I say this to you? Don't mess with God's word. Look what happened to Saul. Woo-wee! He cut him off from his blessings. He cut him off from the kingdom. He cut him deep by sending him tormentors. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 15, 26, the Lord has rejected thee from being king over Israel. 1 Samuel 16, 14, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. He departed from the exactness of God. The Bible says Samuel mourned for Saul his whole life. It hurt his feelings. I believe we have that same glitch. We have this thing called being right in our own eyes. We have this thing called, I did it my way. Yeah. Why did that song get popular? Because there's a lot of people out there that say, I did it my, man, I'm not going to get up there and brag doing it my way. I want to do it God's way. We got this thing about defining ourselves. And we change God's clear word. We tweak it. In 2 Chronicles 33, 17, a strange verse that says, Nevertheless, the people did sacrifice still in the high places, yet under the Lord their God only. The Bible forbade them to sacrifice anywhere but Jerusalem, 
and they created these false altars under many times under the hosts of heaven on tops of these hills. They were forbidden. They were against the word of God. And yet they said, well, God won't care where we worship him as long as we just worship him. And they created their own standards for worship. Is that not going on today? And they're calling what, <laughs> if you'll come tonight, I beg you to come tonight. Uh, our brother Barrows is doing a message uh, literally to explain to you what's going on in the world today in Christianity. It's not good. It's not good. It's on their terms. It's without God's son's approval. It's without, in many cases, Jesus Christ's sacrifice. And many times earned by their own power and merit. My brother and sister in Christ, pay attention to the word of God. Do it through Jesus Christ and him only. Let me read a couple quick verses and I finish. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. In any other. There's people out there that maybe even this morning sympathetic to the Buddhists or sympathetic to the Muslims or sympathetic to the, to the cults or sympathetic to those who have changed uh, or deny the word of God or even deny Jesus, uh, maybe to the Jews, and you're sympathetic to them. And you're saying, well, you know, I just can't believe God's going to send them people to hell and that they're going to somehow miss heaven all i can tell you is the bible says neither is there salvation in any other there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved is the bible what it is or what see you know what believe what you want i'm going with that i like it when jesus was ascended his they said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, the same Jesus which is taken up from you in heaven shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. You can trust Jesus Christ. You can put your weight on the word of God. But may I warn you as Saul, oh Saul, Saul. You know, Samuel mourned and mourned, oh Saul, Saul. Saul, why didn't you do what I told you to do? Why didn't you ex do exactly what I told you to do? Saul, Saul, you've lost the kingdom. You've lost your mental health. You've lost everything. He loves Saul. Samuel loves Saul. Oh, may that not be for you. May you listen to the words of God and do them as God has written them. Father, help us this morning to be able to obey the word of God in spirit and in truth. Forgive us where we have wandered off, where we have invented, in some cases, made God after our own imaginations, after our own likenesses, after our own uh, uh, patterns or value systems, and not accepted the value system of the scripture or accepted the pattern of the Bible or accepted the specificity and exactness of the Word of God. Forgive us for our disobedience. Forgive us for our unbelief and help us to come back. I don't doubt there's people in this body right here today. Say, Brother Bill, I've wandered off of the Word of God. I've started making the stuff up. 
I start compromising the truth that is very clear in Scripture. It, you know, come back. Come back. God be merciful to me. Come to Him. He wants you to come back. Maybe you're here this morning without Christ, your personal Savior. You've been around Jesus. You've heard about Jesus. You've gone to churches where they preach Jesus. They've sung Jesus. But you've never personally appropriated the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to your life. The Bible says, To as many as received him, to them be, to them. See, not to somebody else, to them. It's not about somebody else. They became power to become the children or sons of God. Why don't you trust Jesus today? We're here for you. Afterwards or now, we're here for you. Father, I pray that you'd take over in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.